welcome to the Forgiven Ones for All podcast. My name is Shannon Lee, and I'm going to be your host today. This week, we're going to look at a scripture that has bothered me for a long time. To be honest, the church has wrestled with this scripture for over 2,000 years. Everybody has a different opinion, and we try to figure out what it means. The scripture that I'm talking about is Mark chapter 15 verse 34, where we see Jesus crying out to God, why have you forsaken me? Let's go ahead and read the scripture and get started today. Verse 34 says, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words are hard to hear. Because if anybody was on God's side, if God was was going to be happy with anybody, if he was going to be close to anybody, it would be his son. And here we see Jesus crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? And this is hard for us to hear. This is hard for us to understand how a loving God could turn his face away from his only son. Now, Christianity has taught us, for the most part, that God turned his face away from Jesus because of our sin, because he took our sin, and God is so holy, God is so pure, God is three times holy, and he cannot be in the presence of sin. And so, at that moment, when Jesus took our sin on the cross, that God had to turn his face away and forsake and sever his relationship with his only son. That's how we've tried to understand this verse. Now, either that is true, and everything that we've learned about God in the new covenant, that he is a God of love and a God that will never forsake us, either that's not true, and God will turn his face away, or there's something else going on here that we need to figure out and need to understand. I believe there's a greater truth here that we need to explore. See, my question is, is what do you believe? Do you believe that the Father punished Jesus on the cross? Is this why Jesus suffered? Now, I want you to think about that as we go through this lesson. See, Jesus here, he was quoting, he was quoting a psalm from David. And here David is suffering great distress and and he's feeling abandoned and trapped you know david was no stranger to loneliness saul sought to kill him and hunted him like an animal and here's david at this point of his grief he cries out he's probably starving and and lonely and here he cries out to god he says my god my god Why have you forsaken me? He feels abandoned. See, I believe Jesus here, he was identifying with the human condition. That's a condition that we all call the fallen nature. A nature that has separated itself from God. Jesus was fully human and fully God. See, we were quick to call him God. 
but were not quick to call him human. He experienced everything that we felt. And I believe at this moment on the cross, when when he's going through his darkest time and he recalls David and, and the words that he spoke, and I believe at this moment Christ was feeling what it truly meant to be abandoned. He truly felt the loneliness that David felt. He was able to to understand finally at that moment what it was like to think that the loving father had turned his eyes away. See, Jesus, he had to experience everything we had to experience. The Bible says that he was tempted in all ways. This, I believe, was the last and the greatest temptation for Christ, that he had to know and feel what we felt. See, Jesus, in another point, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The word know, it literally means to have information or to understand, to recall or remember. And Jesus, I believe that after feeling this abandonment, after feeling like a loving God has turned his back away, I believe that Jesus looks down finally at these people and says, God, forgive them. They don't have all the information. They don't even understand that you're good. They don't remember that you are love. And I believe at that moment, he truly understood what we go through. See, the fact is that God never did leave him. God never turned his face away. But Jesus only felt like he had. And this is crucial for us to understand our position. See, let's look at Adam for a moment. Adam was created perfect. He was created in the image of God. Adam and Eve was perfect in every way. They were in perfect unity with the Trinity. This was God's design. Adam fell, but the falling away was a falling away in his mind. It was a disunity. See, Adam and Eve, they knew the difference between good and evil. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it wasn't going to all of a sudden open their eyes to something new that they didn't have. But what they did is when they took of that tree and ate it, they decided to make a choice outside of the unity relationship that they had with the Father. The God called it evil. He called it something that they should not do. And they made a choice, a decision outside of the Trinity that said, yes, this looks good to eat. That's where the problem happened. And then afterwards, condemnation and guilt and unworthiness settled into their mind. And they said, oh, we have, we have sinned against God. We violated his one commandment. And now we're no longer worthy to walk in his presence. And they hid. See, Adam was never separated from God. It was only in his mind. God came down and was going to spend time with him again. And Adam and Eve were hiding. See, Jesus came 
The reason we need to understand this is that Jesus came to break the Adamic curse. This curse, this mistrust of a father's goodness and a father's love. When Adam made a decision outside of his relationship with God, he birthed in himself a mistrust of a loving father, and he feared punishment. He feared that he was separated, and Jesus came to break that. The power of sin, the only power it has, is the power of the lie. See, Jesus had been tempted in every way. When it comes to sin, we focus on the symptom and not the root of the problem. See, the biggest temptation that Jesus faced was unbelief. Unbelief that his father was good and that he was love and that he was never going to leave him. See, at this moment, Jesus truly sympathized with David. He understood what it was like to be human to feel alone, and to wonder if God was even there. But Jesus broke the lie of sin and the lie of separation, and he knew in his heart that his Father was there. And it says in Luke 23, verse 46, it says, And Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. See, Jesus remembered that his father was love and that he was good. And he remembered his relationship with his father. And he says, God, I know how they feel. Forgive them because they don't understand. He says, but God, I now understand how they feel. And I understand that you are always there. And into your hands, I give my spirit because I know that you've got me. See, the prodigal son, this parable, I would like to rename it. We focus on the sin. We focus on what the, the boy did. But we need to focus and take our eyes off of the sin of the son and put our eyes on the love of the father. See, this parable should be called the parable of the loving father because the love of the father never changed. When this young boy, he come to himself and he pulls himself out of the, the pit of his sin and he's, and he's looking at himself and he says, this is not what I was made for. And he decides to return and to go back. The father ran to him. The father was waiting for him. The father's love never changed. The only thing that changed was our, our perception of his love. Jesus made it past the despair of Psalms 22 and the, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he made it to Psalms 23 where he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. I will not fear because you're going to be with me. See, Jesus made it and he understood how we felt, but he said he called it out as a lie. And he says, No, in your hands I commit my spirit. See, in John chapter 19, verse 30, one of the last the, I believe the last words that he spoke after going through this ordeal, after being punished 
because of our sin. He wasn't punished by God. He was punished by man. Sin was a lie that men believed. They believed that they've got to be punished for. And Jesus went through the condemnation so we, we wouldn't have to. Jesus went through shame so we wouldn't have to. Jesus went through separation in his mind so we don't have to. And in John 19.30, it says, When he had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. See, Jesus, after he made it through, and he says, You know, it doesn't matter what the world says. I know that my God is there. He has not forsaken me. But I give my spirit into his hands, and it is finished. The lie is done. It's over. We no longer are subjected to the lie of the enemy. Now we can believe in our heart and know that the Father is there. He's always been there. He's never left. Jesus restored our relationship with a loving Father that never left. We're no longer held by the Adamic curse, the lie that Adam created the false perception of God that he created that we were became susceptible to. But we're in perfect unity with Jesus, with the Father and the Holy Spirit. You see, the, the last thing that I want to look at and the great mystery in this is that we are one with Jesus. And if we're one with Jesus... We're one with the Father, and we're one with the Holy Spirit. We're just as righteous, just as holy, just as loved as Jesus is because of the cross and the resurrection. See, 1 John 4.17, it says, By this is love perfected in us, so that we may have confidence for the last day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. I want you to think about this scripture. The scripture says that love is perfected in us, that we have confidence. There's going to be no judgment for us. We have confidence. The only thing that we can expect is a loving father running towards us, waiting to embrace us in his arms because we're sons and daughters. It says, because as he is, as Jesus is, so also are we. This is hard to understand. This is hard for us to wrap our minds around. But when God looks at us, he looks at us with the same love in the same acceptance as he looks at Jesus. I hope you enjoyed this this week. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, it's at Forgiven Once For All. On the web, we have some great resources. I update it periodically. There's great books on there you can read, videos if you want to understand who you are in Christ, what it means to be loved and forgiven and not condemned. There's some great videos. There's some great resources that you can check out. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon page 
at Forgiven Once for All. And I want you to remember that God is madly in love with you. Until next time. <music>